Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Hey, good morning, everyone. I've created a monster back there. Hey, um, um, man, I don't know about you, but there's really nothing like a nice winter day, is there? You know, where it starts off with a light rain falling, turning to snow, and a gentle breeze just sort of blowing through your hair. <laughs> Don't we live in like just the best place in the world? Turning to 36 below by Tuesday. No, I love it here. I don't know why. My mom keeps saying, dude, if you whine, I don't want to hear anything unless you're moving. So, <laughs> anyway, she's not here, so I'm whining a little bit. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Anyways, now listen. Um, I want you to know something here this morning before we get going. You know, this, these guys up here playing, they're not just pretty faces and talented musicians. Um, Bryce, who plays the bass, if you don't know Bryce, was on the roof earlier this morning. Um, and what happened was we came in and as we arrived, it was raining on the platform here. Now, you can't tell it right now, but as I walk around, I'm squishing. And, and what had happened to us, it was all the nice weather, um, warm temperatures, it had melted on the roof. But somebody had failed to inform the drain spout that it should be doing the same, and it was plugged out here. And so the water had built up on the roof, and it was coming through, and it was literally raining here. So Bryce was up on the roof chipping out the down, downspout and finally got the water to release, which I'm so thankful for because otherwise I would have had to be showering as I spoke this morning. And that wouldn't be good. So anyways, um, when you see the worship team, tell them awesome job with worship and nice job on the building efforts as well. Hey, um, I think it's only fair to just say right off the hop this morning, um, just let you know what my intentions are. Um, I, I want to, I trust, um, detonate a bomb in your hearts and minds today. Similar to what God has done in my heart and my mind over the last number of weeks. Um, and there's nothing sinister about that. Um, I'm not just doing it for kicks and giggles and trying to see some carnage and, and wreaking havoc for havoc's sake. But I'm praying that this is something that God will use, like He's been using in me, um, as He's caused me to sit back and do some introspection in my own heart, mind, my life, um, and then subsequently to, to, to elicit and, and spur in me a response to Him. 
I'm praying that he'll do the same thing for you today. I was preparing for one of the Advent messages before Christmas. And as I was reading and doing a little bit of uh, research and, and stuff into, into the message, I came across a statement. And um, it just, it just kind of hit me as I was going by it. And I, and I noted it at the time, but I didn't have time to, to, to look in, into it any further because it wasn't sort of germane to what I was speaking on. And so, um, so I kind of passed by it. But the statement has stuck with me. And, and what, what it was is, the statement is this, we never have less of God than we want. We never have less of God than we want. And so as I, as I was preparing for the message, I, I just noted it and I went, wow, and, and then carried on. And as much as it was superfluous to that message, it's been central to my thinking since. I just can't seem to shake it. And it's just sort of begged in me a bunch of questions. We never have less of God than we want. The explosion of that thought just keeps rattling around in my heart. And the reverberations concerning the implications of that just keep going. As I think about it, it's reassuring on one level. It's reassuring to know that God doesn't operate on the law of scarcity where there's only so much of Him to go around. And therefore, you only get this much and you only get this much and you can only have that much. He doesn't work that way. There's never a point where you're going to run out of Him. And it's not His modus operandi today to work from the perspective of always leaving them wanting more. Now we do that sometimes, don't we? Sometimes it's even not a bad idea to leave people wanting more. It's probably a principle that I could apply to my messages. <laughs> There's only like about three of you that got that. Or, or maybe it's just worse than I thought. But with God, He doesn't work that way. He doesn't appear and say, yeah, no, that's, that's as much as you get. I'm going to leave you wanting more. He keeps showing up. And we never have any less of Him than we want. So from his perspective, that statement is reassuring, builds our confidence. But there's another face to that statement. It's your face, and it's my face as we come to this thought but never having less of God than we want. What is our part in that? Where does that leave me? 
on maybe the most basic of levels, I've had to start and ask myself and wrestle again with the idea of, can I limit God? How much do I determine in and of myself how much of God I have? To what extent am I the determining factor in my relationship with Him? As it's rattled around in my head a little bit more, I've had to ask some other questions. Am I busy just doing life with the current level of God that I have? And am I satisfied with that? The extent to which I know God today, have I deemed that sufficient as I go about my world? And I've, I've left him there while I just attend to things myself, in and of myself. I've had to ask myself, am I actually getting to know God more? Or have I sold out to the idea of just getting to know more about him? Getting more information. Getting more detail but never taking that information and that detail and putting it into action and drawing near to Him and engaging with Him concerning that. Now, don't get me wrong. Getting to know someone is getting to know more about them. Information helps us to understand and get to know. There's no doubt. But there's a point at which we can leave it as information, where we can make him just an object of our information and never engage with him personally, not know him in a relationship. I know lots about him, but I don't know him in my life. I'm not growing with him day by day where he's showing me more and I'm understanding him better and I'm leaning in more and more to his arms. So I've had to navigate some of those questions and ask myself and try and push through to find answers for myself. But the question that I keep coming back to, the one that has become more significant to me day by day that I've had to wrestle with over and over again, is this question, Doug, do I want more of God? Do I want more of God? That's the question I want to ask you today. Can I ask you? Do you want more of God today? In your life? Are you looking for Him even more today? than you were yesterday? Is it important to you and I today to know Him more such that it changes the way that we do today? Such that our day is prioritized around this idea, around this thought of getting to know our God more. Before we go any further, let's just stop and pray. God, 
this morning. As you know, you've been messing with my head and helping me to engage with you even over this question. I pray this morning, God, that you would do the same now with each of these people here, each of our church family, those visiting with us, those that are here, even maybe just passing through. By your Spirit, God, would you come and wrestle with us now? Father, would you send the hound of heaven to pursue us in such a way that he would elicit from us a response to you? That God, that as you speak to us this morning, as you come and as you reveal yourself to us, as you engage with us even in these next few moments, that there would be no opportunity for us to leave today without knowing you differently, without having been changed by you today. Instilled with a desire and a longing to know you more. So, Father, to that end, I pray by way of your Son, Jesus Christ, and for his sake. Amen. Okay. As I've had to navigate this question, and as I continue to navigate this question, do I want more of God? I have found Moses to be a significant example and a significant encouragement to me in this question. And I want to point him to you as an example this morning as well. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 to 18. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, that's all right. We'll put it on the screen. There's one in front of you if you want to dive along and, and follow us actually in this, the, the Bible itself. Exodus is the second book. So you go to Genesis at the beginning and then Exodus and then chapter 33, verses 12 to 18. And here we find Moses. Now just for those of you that might be familiar, you might know already that this is just after the, the children of Israel have built a golden calf and they've deviated from God. They've just, in, just like that, in short order, they've been following God and then off they go, building a golden calf to worship. And God is... A little, little annoyed, putting it nicely. And he's engaging with Moses about this. He's talking to Moses. And we're picking this up in the middle of this process. And Moses is now talking back with God. And, and they're, they're having this conversation. It's going back and forth. And we pick it up as Moses begins to speak to the Lord. Here, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. So Moses is saying, Hey, wait a second. You're telling me to lead these people. But who's, how am I going to do that? Who's going to go with me to lead them? You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. So he says to God, Okay, listen. You're telling me that you know me by name and that I've found favor with you. But I want to know who's going to go with me in this effort. If you are pleased with me, then teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find 
favor with you. Teach me your ways so that I may know you and find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. So Moses leans back into God. If I have found favor with you, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to teach me your ways so that I may know you. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said back to him, he kind of doubles down here again, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up there from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? So Moses, is, he's, he wants to establish this. He wants this settled. If you're not going with us, God, if you're not going with me in this, if you're not going to reveal yourself to me and that I would know you more, that I can know you more, and that I can continue to be pleased with you, that you be continued to be pleased with me, then don't, don't, don't send us up. Don't go. Because there's no way that we're going to be a testimony for you in the world around us. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. And then Moses says this, Now show me your glory. And that's got to be one of the craziest things to read that Moses would say back to God. Now show me your glory. At this stage in the story, that would seem to be almost nigh unto ludicrous. Because as we go back in the story, again, for those of you that might not be aware or or for those of you that have just forgotten. Up to this point, we've seen God reveal Himself to Moses over and over again. And not just in little ways, but in big ways, in tangible ways, in miraculous ways. Significant ways. And yet here's Moses back again saying, now show me your glory. It's like, like, where have you been, dude? Haven't you been paying attention? God spoke to Moses in a burning bush. I don't know how many of you that's happened to. It hasn't happened to me. But it's got to be a little bit life-changing. Right? Moses has seen God delivering his people out of Egypt. He, he, he actually did miracles before Pharaoh with God's help. God working through him. Moses was implicated in the whole process. Going to Pharaoh. God does a miracle to demonstrate who he is to Pharaoh. God's, Pharaoh still hardens his heart. So then God does plagues. He sends the plagues. 
Moses gets to watch the plagues play out in front of him day by day. 3D, living color. Wasn't a story even. He was there. He watches it happen. God parts the Red Sea so that the Israelites can escape on dry land. They go through on dry land. The the Egyptians are then killed, decimated, as God brings the water back together again and saves the Israelites. Moses has been walking with God as God is leading them in the desert. A cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. Day in and day out, he provides them with manna and quail, food, sustenance. He demonstrates his care and compassion, his concern for them. In a miraculous way, Moses is there. He's watching this happen. There's numerous other events Miracles, signs from God over the course of that time. More than we can go into this morning here. But beyond that still, God meets with Moses in the tent of meeting. The cloud comes right down over the tent. Moses is there. They're in the tent together. God is there with Moses. And just before this has happened, just before this conversation, Moses has been on Mount Sinai with God for 40 days as God speaks to him and gives him the Ten Commandments and builds right into his life. And on the heels of that, Moses says, show me your glory? Are you kidding me? Nope. That's what he says. Now show me your glory. For you and I today, there are two things really quickly that we need to understand from Moses in this moment. First of all, we need to understand that Moses was convinced that there was more of God to know. As much as he had seen, and it was a lot. As much as he had seen, as much as he had been there, as much as he had witnessed God working in and through him and amongst the people, there was no doubt, no doubt in Moses' mind that there was more of God to know. That God was bigger even yet than that. That there was more for him to know. You know, when I met Fran, I didn't decide to marry her because while we were dating, I got to know all about her and knew everything about her. I didn't decide to marry her because I had had her all figured out by the time we were done dating. I wanted to marry her because I knew that there was a lifetime of treasure there to mine. That there was a lifetime of experience for me with her. That would take me to places that I would never get to myself. I knew that I'd just barely begun to tap into who she is. I was convinced 
that there was more of Fran that I wanted. And so I said, would you? And she said, yes. There's evidence of God in my life. This morning, Moses serves as an example to us that there is more yet of God for us to know. As, as far as you've been, as high as you've gone, God is waiting to take you higher with Him. He wants to build into your life because He has more of Him to give you today. Don't ever forget it. Count on it. Bank on it. Go to town. Second thing that we need to understand and learn from Moses today is that it was clear that Moses wanted it. Moses wanted it. It wasn't just knowledge. But he was going after it. He wanted more of God in his life, in his world. And so he went after it. He was not content to carry on at his current level. He was not content to leave his relationship with God there. His desire was to know God more, and it needs to be our desire today as well. So often we stop at knowing God as our Savior. We come to understand that we want Him as our Savior because we are lost without Him and we subscribe. We say, oh Lord, please save me. And then we become content in knowing that someday we go to be with Him in heaven. But we don't pursue Him more now. And we need to understand that God didn't just save us to save us. God saved us because just as we've been singing about this morning, because He loves us and He is looking for a relationship with each one of us. Not just to save us, not just because we were in trouble, but because He wants to know us and us, more importantly, to know Him. He wants to reveal Himself to us. He wants to be real in our lives. He wants a real relationship with us today. Throughout Scripture, we see people being encouraged to pursue God more. In Hosea chapter 6, verse 3, Hosea is encouraging the Israelites at that, at that time. Down through the ages, it echoes to us today. As God's people today. Hosea writes, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains. How appropriate for us today that we had rain. Ah, you know what? Ah, it's just God showing up, giving us another confirmation there. As sure as... He will, he will come to us like the, the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. As you and I acknowledge God, which is to say, as we come to recognize Him. Acknowledge is to recognize. Acknowledge is to know. As we know God, 
as we come to know Him, as we acknowledge Him, as we lean into Him today, He will show up in your lives. He will show up in your lives. In order for you to know Him more, in order for Him to take you to places that you haven't been to yet in your relationship with Him. Paul continues to encourage us in the New Testament to press on toward the prize of knowing God. Philippians 3, chapter, or chapter 3, verses 7 to 11, a passage that you know well. But whatever were gains to me now, Paul says, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection. Listen to this. To know the power of His resurrection and the participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death and so, so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul, Paul, who has another testimony like Moses where God has showed up in his life over and over and over, says to us today, I want you to know God with power. I want you to know Him, becoming like Him. We need to know God more today. Perhaps you're here today and you're saying, like, dude, I'm with you. Quit banging away. You had me at hello. But I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to get more of God. Two things for you this morning. How do we get more of God? Number one, we pray. Just like we've just seen Moses at the end of the passage in in Exodus 33, verse 18 there. Passage we just read. Moses says, I want to know you more. He's talking to God. Talking to God is simply praying. That's all praying is, is talking to God. Some versions record it like this. I pray you, show me your glory. This morning, if you want to know God, start by asking Him to reveal Himself to you. Come to Him. And just ask that He would show up in your world in ways that you would understand, in ways that you would see, so that he, you can know Him more. We, we sometimes want Him to show up in our world like He did for Moses. Like He did for Paul. But the fact is, is that I believe God wants to show up in your world in ways that are real to you. In ways that are significant to you. In ways that you can know Him personally. Not in these other ways, necessarily. But in ways that are real to you. So just begin by asking Him. We need to do that day by day. Lord, I am going to work today. I want to know, who's going to go with me? Who's going to go with me into my work today? Who's going to go with me into my school today? If I have found favor with you, then please go with me or don't send me at all. For 
the testimony so that I can be of a witness for you in the world around me. Show up in my world today. Will you go with me? Will you show yourself to me? And just like the winter rains and the spring rains nourish the earth, God will show up in your world. And He will reveal Himself to you that you would know Him more. Number two, if we want to know God more, we need to obey Christ's commands. This one's not quite as intuitive. It's maybe even a little bit counterintuitive. So oftentimes we want to sit back and watch and observe, and then if we see something, then we'll buy in. But in John 14, 21, Jesus says this, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. Jesus comes along today and says, If you want to know me, if you want to see me in your world, then keep my commands. Because then I know that you're in. When we sit back and we look at all this stuff, but we don't subscribe, we don't lean into it, we don't participate, that's our way of saying, I'm not really into knowing you more. That's us just saying, I'm not interested in knowing you more. I see what you say, and I'm not buying it. So, I have as much of you as I want. We need to understand today that we have His commandments. If you have a Bible, you have His commandments. If you don't have a Bible, come and see me. I'll get you a Bible. There He lines up, lays out for us His commandments. What He's asking of us. And He says, if you keep them, then I know that you're interested. That you want to know more of me and I will reveal myself to you. Lastly this morning, I want to turn to one more point. This is what we need to be doing, not only to know God more, but so that others can know more about God. Know Him and know more about Him. We need to pray for others question this morning for us is, am I praying for others? First of all, am I praying for others to know God? 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 3 say this, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercessions, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. As we get to know God more, we will understand that His desire is for everyone to know Him as well. And we can join Him in that as we pray for, for people. Now, church family, we are doing amazing as a church. Things are happening. We're seeing God show up in all kinds of different ways, but I am convinced as God has been speaking to me over these last few weeks, and as I believe He's trying to speak to us all now, 
That as we go into this new year, that God's waiting for us to go and lean into Him so that He can take us to new levels, individually and as a church. And I'm convinced that that's going to begin as we pray for one another and for others. Now we can, we can build great programs. And I think we've got some amazing ones. From Cornerstones right down to FBC Kids. And we can do renovations. Which are going to be helpful for sure. But if we want to see God, and if we want to see Him work in us and through our church to make us a testimony to the world around us, if we want to see Him do bigger and greater things, we need to be praying. When we call FBC home, we need to be praying. A few weeks, a few months ago, we asked that you would write down some people's names that you would be praying for. Three people's names. If you weren't here, we're catching you up. As a church, we want to be praying for three people at all times. That God would be working into their lives and revealing Himself to them so that they would know Him. Week in and week out. For us to move forward, I believe that we need to pray. Pray for those people. And watch and expect God to show up. Pray for them to know Him. Secondly, we need to pray for others to know God more. Paul says to us in Ephesians 1, verses 15-19, to For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. Are you praying for one another today? Are you praying for your kids' leaders? In FBC Kids, in youth? Are you praying for the people in your small group? Are you praying for your kids yourselves? Are you praying for your family today? Are you praying for me today? I need it. That God would reveal Himself to me. So that together that we could grow in our knowledge of Him, in our understanding of Him, in our relationship with Him. So that then He could work in us. Go with us. So that we can be a testimony to Him in the world around us. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. The riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Are you praying for others to know God better? Your spouse. Your friends. Your church. I'm convinced, church family, that there are new heights that God is calling us to. Individually and corporately. I'm convinced 
that he is waiting and ready to go. The question this morning for us is, do we want to know him more? Do we want others to know him? Do we want others to know him more? Let's pray. Father, this morning, I pray now by your spirit that you would come and snip the ties that would hold us back. The ties of contentment. The ties of apathy. God, I pray that you would slash the cords that bind us. The cords of our own self-making. The cords that Satan would try to entrap us with, ensnare us, and hold us back with. By your Spirit, God, come and cut them now. Release us. Help us to see. Motivate us, God. Move us forward in our relationship with you. For our sakes and the sake of the community and the world around us, that they might know you and know you better as well. For I ask these things now in your precious Son's name and for his sake alone. Amen. Hey, you guys have been so good that we've got a special treat for you. Next week, you don't have to put up with Ryan and or me. Barry Helm is going to be here speaking to us. One of our own is going to come and be speaking to us. I'm looking forward to hearing all about that. We're going to be gone for a couple of weeks, but we'll look forward to seeing you in two weeks and we'll carry on as we start going through the Gospel of Mark. I'll see you then.